Welcome to the Story Machine 9000, a podcast where we conceptualize movies based on the 48-hour concept. Our movies comprise of four things, a genre, a prop, a line of dialogue, and a location. It's kind of like, it's, uh, it's kind of like a casino buffet. Uh, nowhere else can you get uh, crab legs, ice cream, and Chinese food, and still feel good about yourself. <laughs> Debatable. Yeah. <laughs> My name is Joshua Lytle. I am a filmmaker and podcaster. Hi, my name is Justin Teal. Uh, I make websites by day and Dungeon Master at night. I'm Dave Ailing, voiceover guy, Dungeon Master, and I'm about to make 30 gallons of soup over the weekend. And we actually have a uh, very special guest today, if you want to introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Nathan Lewis. I am an audio engineer. I run a company called Waveflow Media, um, and I'm an, a, a dungeon adventurer. Are oh, you? I right. am. Wow. And you uh, also... Name, name, class, and character, sir. Uh, the most current one is Theon uh, Mountain Wolf, and he is a high elf uh, wizard. Oh, yeah. So do you play D&D or Pathfinder? Or? D &D, right currently is D&D &D 5th edition, which nice. we're really enjoying from the previous editions. They really fixed a lot. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's oh, awesome. Man. And you also uh, are a podcaster. I, I am um, kind of stumbled into it, uh, but uh, we do the Toledo Matters podcast. Hopefully we'll have you guys on there at some point here too. Talk about people in Toledo and upcoming events and just people who are trying to do good in Toledo. We kind of bring it to light. Yeah, and it's a great podcast for those who are listening there and uh, who are not only interested in great stories, but also interested in the beautiful city of Toledo. Worth checking out. Thank you. Well, cool. Uh, welcome to the show. Um, I guess without further ado, uh, let's fire up the story machine. I've been very interested to finally see it. I've been listening to all the upgrades you've been making, so I'm yeah. excited to, to finally get a chance to take a look here. I wake up every morning and it's just, uh, it's, it's like a self-constructing yeah. machine. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. In fact, it's grown an extra arm that <laughs> if you actually shake that hand right in front of you, it'll actually start the machine. Okay. okay. Here we go. Ready for this? Yep. All right. Giving it a shake. Oh, there it goes. Oh, nice oh, yeah. You know, I, 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 I noticed you went for a non-aggressive grip, and I really appreciate that. It's like sometimes, you know, you don't want to get the floppy fish. You don't want to just, like, you know, steamroll the guy. That was like yeah. the presidential. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Machines respond to that well. All right. It looks like uh, the criteria are printing out right now. How about our guest does the honors yeah, of reading the thing? Okay. So the genre is kung fu. That should be fun. Okay. I love kung fu. Uh, our prop is piece of used chewing gum. Uh, the line is the baby is sleeping. And the location is the dense jungle of Botswana. Oh my god, this is Whoa. perfect. This is a pretty good line right. here. <laughs> yeah, why don't you ask the email machine, Justin? Where is Botswana? It's very helpful because, you know, you know, the information can be crucial to the story. We don't know anything about Botswana. Right. Botswana is a country located at the bottom of Africa, right above South Africa. What's its most popular sports? <laughs> Kung fu and <laughs> talking to babies. Population 2.26 million. Oh, I'm too big. Capital is Gaboro. Okay, so we, we, we've, we've got a kind of an idea of where Botswana is. Looking at the oh, map. okay. It all makes sense now that I see that ping on the Google map. Yes. Now, now I know yes. all about Botswana. Yeah, thank you, Email Machine, for bringing up that uh, visual <laughs> reference. Well, there's the movie and TV show Kung Fu, which I, I enjoy a lot. Yes. Snatch the pebble. 
from my hand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do yeah. you hear the grasshopper at your feet? Mm. Those type of things. So yeah. there's always a lot of cool cinematography in kung fu movies. There's uh, wise, wise sayings that are just mm, non-specific enough to apply to practically <laughs> everybody. <laughs> Probably actually one of my favorite would have to just be... Uh, Oh, Kung Pao. Oh, right. Yes. Oh, Kung that was the, that was, oh, that was the first DVD I ever owned. Oh, wow. For the really? It was a gift. <laughs> with a DVD player. Yeah. Oh, so Pao. you didn't go into Best Buy and like the disc came with a DVD no. player. It was just, they were just trying to get rid of the them Kung or something. Kung Pao Special Edition. <laughs> yep. Chosen one. Kung Fu movies usually have the, like the big, you know, the hero who is the best at kung fu or whatever yeah. type of you know battling they're doing he's always the master yeah. i guess not always but usually yeah. it's like it's like two ways like either it's like a reluctant hero who doesn't who already possesses the skills who right. doesn't want to go into it or they go through the rigor of getting their ass kicked for the first half of the movie and then actually like emerging after that. So there's like two ways. And also one of my favorite ones that I've seen recently is like Ip Man where he is already the master and he just, he reluctantly goes into battle and kicks everyone's ass. <laughs> yeah. I think my favorite, at least in recent memory, cause I, when I, when I was younger, I used to watch a lot of Jackie Chan flicks and stuff like that. The drunken master yeah. like, oh, old stuff. Yeah. Operation Condor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who am I? Operation Condor six is pretty good yeah. too. <laughs> I really like Kung Fu Hustle. Kung Fu. I was, I was going to mention it cause it's so good. It's so over the top. Yeah. But that's the nature of kung fu movies. Like the whole thing is over the top, so you might as well just embrace it and just go for it. And yeah, that movie goes yeah. for it. And Tarantino awesome. did it with Kill Bill, based yes. totally embracing the yeah. "I'm going to make this as complete over the top as oh, possible" because yeah. that's yeah, that's kind of what it's about. But there was like there was there was that intentional badass that he brought to it that he brings to all his movies. Sure. So it's like people of few words and lots of action yeah. and always carry samurai swords absolutely <laughs> I, I can kind of relate to where you were coming from dave you sort of like a reluctant hero mm-hmm. maybe in in the spirit of that uh that man in the hole style story arc you know he's, yeah. he kind of gets his ass kicked through the first half of the movie and then you know uh uh, by way of some training or something, he mm-hmm. kind of comes back. I mean, he may not even know he has the power. It could right. be something that he finds through getting beat up throughout the movie. Uh, the Western version, I think that's probably the stickiest would probably be like a Rocky story or something like that, where like he has it, he wants it, but he needs to dig deep to get it, and then he gets it. Yeah. A whole village of Smurfs is being uh, overrun by Gargamel's. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. What, what was the prop again? Yeah. Uh, used uh, piece of chewing gum? Yeah. Half half, half it, chewed piece of gum? Piece of used chewing gum. Piece of used chewing gum. Oh, thanks to email machine. Yeah. Kung Fu movies usually, well, a lot of times they can start with like a traumatic incident. You're right. And I feel mm-hmm. like we could work the baby is sleeping line real well into like the the character of the show was the baby and his uh, like parents got murdered mm. and that was like the line as they started you know as like his enemy came in and killed his parents or yeah. whatever yeah i, I like pretty kind of cliche i guess as far as kung fu movies go but i like that but i'd like to try to build off of it so i remember like the golden child or something like that like there's like some like little kid who's like the answer to all the problems all the big bad stuff that's going on in the world but maybe there's like 
uh, almost a, a spell cast over him where the baby's like sleeping and actually can't wake up and save everybody. And it's uh, almost like a little bit of a Sleeping Beauty kind of situation where they're under some sort of a, a comatose state until something happens. Be like, but the baby's our answer. Oh, but the baby is sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> The baby, the baby must be awoken. Oh, but the baby is sleeping. <laughs> over and over again. This yeah. can happen 20 times during the opening, but. <laughs> yeah, and, it, and and I guess for the record, it doesn't even have to be necessarily a, 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 an actual baby. That could be, just be, right. that, you know. Uh, that, it could be a statue for all we know, right? Or something. Yeah. What, no, no, what were you going to say? Well, yeah, I mean, it just could be the, the, the way they, they reference, you know, demigod individual or, mm. or, you know, some sort of master-like figure. I'm trying to think of... Um, like Vigo from Ghostbusters or something, right? Like oh, some yeah. kind of demon that awakes from yeah, something. Yeah, or like... Or we um, think in the good side? Uh, well, I mean, it could be either or. It could be oh. um, uh, something like maybe like the, the Monkey King or something like that. I, I guess where my mind kind of went was like almost like a sword in the stone where maybe this is like a god that they worship, the baby, and <laughs> whoever wakes it gets oh, right. the power. But oh. so maybe they can get the power of the baby god or whatever by whoever actually awakes it. So everyone tries to wake the baby is like what everyone does in the town, like on your 16th birthday. Oh, and that, I got an idea yeah, too. Right. Go, go ahead. Yeah, and maybe you're you're heading in the same direction, Dave. I, I think another uh, fun part about kung fu movies is when all the different sort of martial artists come together, especially yes. for some sort of competition. And, and in this case, it would be, you know, waking the baby. Different um, fighting styles matching up and my stuff. My style right. is going to yeah. best your style. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like Bloodsport. Yeah. Also oh. really, really good. <laughs> also really good. <laughs> I like Bloodsport. Van Damme, it's good. Yeah. So where do we start off? How do we, how do we get into getting to this tournament of skills to awaken the baby? All right, so it has to start with some sort of inciting incident. There has to be something where uh, life is great until the baby goes to sleep. <laughs> so it only happens every once in a while, like every hundred years the baby goes to sleep or something. Yeah, it, maybe. It happens yeah. after like, like the, the 12th full moon of the fifth month or whatever, right. and, it, and it goes to sleep, and then you have to have this Mortal Kombat style battle, and whoever is the strongest gets to awaken it or something. Yeah, and you'd almost you'd almost have to do that by way of like a title crawl or something. <laughs> yeah, there's a big. Uh, it's like a instead of just like floating through space, it's just a huge stone tablet <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that just kind of cruises uh, in in the beginning of the film, and uh, it tells of a of a Shaolin village or something that has a Botswana. Oh, Botswana. Right. <laughs> oh, well, maybe it moves around. It's like, yes. Uh, I, oh, you know what? I just did this in a D and D campaign oh, yeah. actually. So like, uh, <laughs> so I said that there's this like giant tournament that happens like every hundred years or something like that in a different location on this, on this land. And whoever wins gets to be the controller of this, like this tournament space and has to keep it, you know, basically keep up the grounds for the next hundred years or whatever. Right. And, they, and they don't age and, and this sort of thing, but it's basically this tournament space that they're responsible for. But basically the idea is it just kind of cruises around to different spaces on the on the plane. and Which brings us to Botswana because it Botswana. happens to be in the deep jungle of Botswana right. this right. year. Yeah. yeah, so so we have a little bit of the exposition. And so let's maybe uh, talk about our character. So does our character come from someplace else or are they located in Botswana? You know, if we, if we think about the the sort of story wheel, what is what is the mm. normal what is the the normal world look like right now for for our main character? So time of like is it present? Is it past? It could be any time, really. Yeah, yeah, it would be cool. I like kung fu movies that exist in the present, where there's this like underground society Ooh, like of it. people who are still deep into the kung fu arts and know about these 
things that just like yeah. the, the typical person in the world doesn't doesn't know about. Will be interesting too in Botswana because there's not going to be it's a it's an unassuming place for a kung fu tournament. Sure, you know, like you know, people aren't expecting it, but maybe there's a certain uh, uh, sect of people within Botswana who are like practitioners of this sort of like kung fu art, rarely seen, but like most of Botswana isn't like hip to it. Right. Yeah. Well, the idea too, right, is that all these people, like all people around the world would know that this is going to happen in Botswana. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to think like, maybe it's something to do with like a solar eclipse is like the baby going to sleep. And so until someone wins this tournament, like there's no it's, light. It's right, forever. Like it's forever night. Right? right. And so then whoever wins though, becomes like r- ruler of these people for the next hundred well, years. It could be something. even bigger than that. If, if it's, if it's that crucial where the yeah. sun's not going to come back, it could be like every country chose their top, their top, you know, kung fu guy to send to the tournament to try to protect the earth. Certainly, because like all their crops would go bad. Yeah. This is like uh, this is a big deal. Sure. And so for the last hundred years, it's been like the U.S. And so that's why we're like the leader of the free world. But like, <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna come down to like the U.S. USA. And, and like Russia. <laughs> right. Okay. So so just just to clarify, we're talking about sort of an alternate reality where I'm almost thinking more of like Illuminati type system where like this okay. person rules, but like us normal people have no idea this happens. Right. This is yeah. It's, so it's, is it? So okay. it is. So it's a celestial timestamp, but it's very like human based as far as like who gets to rule for the next little bit. Right. Okay. Yeah. Like, yeah, you're the head of this Illuminati group that knows about this. If you win the tournament, you become the grandmaster. Oh, uh, but, but... And you probably should have to fight something other than just, like, it's other than just the other people. Yeah. You should have to, like, when, it, when the baby awakens, there should be some <laughs> other final challenge or something. But it's so interesting because Botswana is such, like, a small, underrepresented country that maybe they hate that this is going on, and they're so thrilled, third-worldy, and all these first-worldy powers are just, right. like, reigning over it. That if in fact they were to win, they would just like do away with the whole thing. Okay. Well, I imagine it's not there. Every, like I thought, I thought the idea too was it moves around. So like, this is the first time it's happening in Botswana. Right. Yeah. So, so our like, character could be a Botswanan, and he's trying to win so that he can stop this ridiculous right. like yeah. circle of them controlling the world, and no one has any any idea of it or whatever. Okay. This this particular tournament takes place in a different area each every one hundred years. Yep. And it's completely unbeknownst to the the general population it's sort right. of a secret um a secret society that kind of keeps the world turning so to speak and no one really uh is aware of it and explained then explained away in a couple you yeah know, quick lines on a tablet and so <laughs> there's a representative from different countries different areas a uh, representative uh, in this case a martial artist who they compete to. Oh, I think of that underground group that okay. does this. You, yeah, you rule it when you win. Sort of like a NATO, right? I think in the uh, but underground. Yeah. So like in so like in general, let's like if, for example, let's say the U.S. has been leading it, but like if Botswana got it, maybe then they wouldn't be so third world. They'd be a first world civilization yeah. because they right. won the like, contest and they the get the control like the resources yeah, Africa right. in general has right. never had this tournament and they're taking you know there's just another place for them to go kind of like the Olympics like they maybe they don't expect them to win necessarily they expect one of the major superpowers to win as they as they have and yeah. normally do like China's uh, won it right, like yeah. any, any like power that's been like full blown well, full blown has won it in right. the past, and in the lo- when we when they explain the location, it could also be that uh, it's just a pheno- a natural phenomenon where it shows up. 
So it wasn't necessarily like, oh, let's go to Botswana. It just happens that so, every year it's in a different magical spot or whatever. I can say from personal experience, I'm going to Casper, Wyoming in August to see the eclipse at its peak. My parents are eclipse chasers and they've been all around the world chasing the eclipse at its pinnacle, wherever it shows up every single year. Yeah, it's like where it's at its pinnacle mm -hmm. um, in a certain location on Earth. Like, uh, like it was French Polynesia. It was in like uh, the Siberia the year before that. Like they've been all sorts of places. So it's Chile. where like the light focuses from it. Or so something? so because yeah, the opposite. So basically, right. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 essentially the opposite. It's like basically where the moon eclipses okay. the sun. And it's just like a, like a total shadow right. over the over the land, but it's but it's at its crispest. It's the full coverage at a certain point on Earth, and it always changes. Sure. So it makes total sense that it could be possibly in Botswana. So this underground kung fu tournament ultimately decides the economic tide of the globe. Oh fucking world the, the world okay yeah. is that yeah so okay. yeah like the Basically. morning after if botswana won all of a sudden like nato's giving 60 percent of their funding to botswana and they have like you know they start to become a world power like instantly because right. they're connected to this illuminati Got group it. that runs the world trying to save us from the the eclipse that happens every hundred years right yep. the Perfect. president makes a big speech at botswana like hey guys maybe we should pay attention to you now <laughs> <laughs> yep Cool. I'm there. Everyone's listening yep. to Botswana and music. Uh, Botswana and films are playing in art houses across the U.S. Yep. I'm there. Take my money. <laughs> okay. All right. So we start out with the Star Wars style tiles of, of history of stone yeah. that, that give the brief history of this Illuminati group. Of Awaking the Baby. It's, it's like a Demolition Man intro where it basically if, there would be no way to understand the movie if they didn't do a five minute yeah. introduction. <laughs> Uh, maybe with uh, maybe with also a voiceover in uh, South American, okay, or South South American, South African, in South Africa, like some old old guy kind of yes. telling the story of yes. this thing that yes. he knows about that no one does. Eons ago, a tournament was started by the <laughs> gods, and now it has been it is has fallen to the hands of man and controls the world economy. So yeah. don't we have to get into like. Okay, we kind of figured yeah, out the yeah. whole kind of plot of the movie, but how do we get from point A <laughs> uh, to point yeah, B? Well, here? I don't know if we figured out the whole plot of the <laughs> well, movie. Well, well, let's let's talk about this character. So, yeah. so I, I think generally speaking, everyone's sort of gravitating toward a Botswanan character. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, their motive for winning this is that I mean, Botswana is not really on the map, so to speak. Um, what is the main farming export? <laughs> what is the main agricultural crop of Botswana? Email machine nine thousand. Botswanans? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, the main exports of Botswana are diamonds, copper, nickel, soda ash, beef, and textiles. Diamonds. That's interesting. Blood yeah. diamonds. So, yeah. His, he's of sick of his country being extorted for blood diamonds. So it's he knows, a perfect motivation. Yeah. yeah. There could be there could be like a flashback thing of like his family being, you know, taken away for diamonds or you know many of the terrible things that could happen. I mean, perhaps he's he's had a couple of fingers chopped off, you know, from from transgressions or something like that. So he automatically has a disadvantage going into the tournament because his main right kung fu hand is gone. Right. He doesn't have a hand. And maybe that could be part of like how he discovered his power. Like there's a scene where he got his hand chopped off and then 
that trauma led to him like you know beating up a bunch of dudes and like escaping this this incident he was in i like that like he's down in the mine one day and like he's you know he's got no hand and he's trying to swing an axe and he's he's the rest of them are like we don't need you here farm boy <laughs> <laughs> like he's like you're slowing us down like and they start shoving him against the wall full of diamonds <laughs> right <laughs> gleaming it's a really cool scene guys trust me and <laughs> So, like, this guy, like, develops his legs. He's just, like, all legs, baby. Yeah. He's... <laughs> so, he's got no hands or one hand? He has one hand. Okay. But it's mainly there for, like, planting in the ground and doing sweet kicks. Okay. Right. Like, it's going to be a very Neo-style fighting yeah. thing with one hand. He's kind of doing the front. And then right. he's doing lots of, like, flipping with his stub um, arm. Primarily... Who's the, wait, who's the guy from Tekken? That does that? Does anyone know? Oh man, the character name? You're yeah, really. Wait, that's that's digging There's deep. There's the guy that just like flops around in Tekken. Yeah, he's like one oh, of those. Oh, the drunken like, guy, he's right? Like a, yeah. He's like a no. He's like a dance. It's like oh, a, Eddie like, Gordo. What's that dance it- kung fu stuff that <laughs> no. they do? Cap- oh, capoeira. 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 Yeah. He's a capoeira it's Eddie, guy, Go- yeah. it's Eddie Gordo. I, we, I we had both. We had Tekken 2 at the bowling alley. So when we should have been bowling, we were playing Tekken 2. <laughs> Dumping hundreds of dollars and quarters yeah. into arcade games. Yeah. yeah. My brother would always cheat with Yosho Mitsu. No, because he had that one that one Just kill spam. hit. Oh. It, it was, he would like wind up, but it was a one kill hit. It wasn't a one kill. Almost. But I mean, it was, the one kill was the one where you sacrifice yourself. You would do the... What was the Japanese thing where you oh, commit yeah. suicide? Yeah, Harry Carey. Are are all of the kung fu moves yes, in this true. movie going to be Tekken Tekken <laughs> moves? They, could they should be. all be like the 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 like the the different fighting styles or all the fighting styles in different Tekken games. And this is where you lose me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's kind of uh, it, so all the different fighting styles is kind of in the spirit of blo- something like Bloodsport or mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat, or uh, the movie. The, <laughs> right, yeah. the movie, yeah. yeah, which is really good. The best uh, movie ever made. <laughs> Let's set up the tournament, right? Yeah. So I think since it has to do with economic power and control, those at the bottom all have to fight each other, and those who are already at the top are just like right. waiting for the they people to get up. They get a couple matches. Oh, yeah, they yeah. get a bunch. <laughs> so if it's a world tournament, like, you know, Botswana's fighting Ecuador, you know, in like the first round, and... That's interesting. Right. It's like a FIFA tournament act kind of yeah. right. how it's tiered. Yeah. <laughs> it's also kind of cool because there, there may be opportunities for sort of backdoor deals because it's so, uh, because the economics of the world are, are so heavily predicated on this tournament. People right. could use the their existing status to mm-hmm. sort of influence the oh absolutely so, sabotage yeah. and things like that you can have a bunch of cool battles that are like you yeah. know rigged and stuff yeah it reminds me of Ip Man that like the Japanese like just cheated their way through most of that you know because they were so villainized like during that movie so yeah of course like America's gonna fucking cheat <laughs> Russia's gonna fucking cheat they'll be hacking something yeah you know? oh yeah they'll be hacking something America's <laughs> just like paying off people <laughs> threatening them with nuclear attacks. <laughs> this explains, you can use this to explain a lot of so like the much. conspiracy oh theories. Oh yeah, yeah, it's just conspiracy riddle. That's why yeah. we do all the things that we do. <laughs> it's just for a that's, uh, tournament. That's a, that's, I, I've got a really soft spot for that because that's a big uh, component of like the Metal Gear franchise mm-hmm. is, you know, it's just sort of blending uh, fantasy with reality and things are the way they are because of actions that you're taking in the game. So. Definitely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Um, as soon as the tournament is announced, and it is announced, 
in like small circles. So like uh, uh, it, this guy's like at the market or something someday, and he's buying some yams for his family. He's like, oh, I wish I had more money. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's not a lot of that in Botswana, you know? No. <laughs> he's, the character only speaks in this subjunctive. He's just like, I could buy yams if I had more money. <laughs> <laughs> he's just self-narrating the entire time. And he's got to, there's definitely got to be a line like, oh, I could only, if I had more money, I could buy a pickaxe while he's literally knocking like mm. billions of dollars of diamonds out of a cave, you know? Yes. <laughs> if only I had more money or a way to get more <laughs> I feel really comfortable with the general setup. I think we've kind of got the tournament dialed in and sort of the the stakes are, are, are sort of set. So clearly uh, our character who needs a name. Uh, email machine 9000, if you could please let us know a traditional Botswanian name. Bontle? <laughs> Oof. No wonder he's really rolls off things. the tongue. The first thing he's gonna do is change his name. Uh, let's see how it. Well, they switch enough to change my name. <laughs> Dekaledi? Oh no! Easy for you to say. Dipio? Nope. Dipio? I like Dipio. Gorata? Gorata. Gorata. Guta. Tail. 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 The tail of tail. There you go. How's it? Yeah. How do you spell it? Just like you. T a l e. Yep. No. Okay. Sweet. Tails tail. Uh, Tails tail. That's kind of cool. Got the got the name and the, the, and name. the character name. Wow. Yeah. You don't need to uh, degree in the Tswana language to fall in love with this name. It's short, sweet, and means of a noble. Okay. Oh, cool. Sure. All right. Well, tail. Put the okay. There, I like that. Perhaps. Okay. Means of a noble. So perhaps a family that once had influence and power in Botswana and has since uh, fallen down to poverty. Um, but that could be where his power comes from. It could be like an exactly, ancient family. Exactly. There's that want to regain uh, or restore the family name. So is it less about the, the economic impact that the tournament has and more about... I think it's both. Okay. Because if they, it's the means by which to restore the family right. name, to be Got the it. champions right. thereof, and to you know lead the country. I mean, they're respected. Let's just say that this family is like super, super respected in their, in their impoverished area... Uh, in which they live and maybe he's somewhat reluctant like oh well, weren't you part of that big family at one point in your life yeah but I don't know I haven't I haven't kicked anybody in a long time <laughs> <laughs> okay so so there's there's a bit of a, a redemption story yeah okay I'm just trying to give more fuel to the to the fire as far as like motivation, motivation. yeah his family before had been one of the champions and when they failed they like fell in disgrace and so I would think he's less respected and less um, like honored or cherished, but more of just like, yeah, he's like the scum of the earth because he lost it. Maybe it was like so close and he lost it for him. But now this is his chance to like enter the tournament to redeem his family name, but sure. also bring Botswana to a world power. And ultimately save the people who cut off his hand. <laughs> well, no. I, mean, well, I don't no, know. No, I'm, no. I'm really struggling with like the well, motive oh, and oh, stuff oh, like oh, that. Oh. So I know that you wanted to do a modern day thing, but I might say... I don't know if Botswana felt like fell under British imperialism or anything like that. Yeah, they used to be part of the British Empire. Okay, so British owning the diamond mines, right. another chance to actually like kick the Brits out of Botswana by becoming a world power. Sure. Thus, r regaining like Botswana control of their own country. Um, I think might be an appealing thing. Yeah, that makes more sense than like Botswanans doing it to him and then. 
him trying to save them because why yeah. you know it's right. like oh i guess we're i mean we're okay just kind of existing but if they were like being oppressed by a foreign people and that people was also in the tournament and let's say mm, at the time britain's number one well i mean part of being okay. the world power too is he could take whoever chopped off his hand and put those people at the bottom of the of botswana right, they'd be and, in the bring, mines. and bring his people up <laughs> so his friends so i mean it doesn't have to it doesn't have to be they're during the british but his him being the world power, the world leader would mean that he gets to make whatever happens Botswana. And so all of his friends and stuff could rise to the power inside Botswana and all of his oppressors could be shoved down into society because like he has the power. I'm just curious by the transcript of this podcast, how many times we've said Botswana. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we, we've, we've officially decided that we're going to maybe backtrack a little bit uh, and tell the story in during the sort of British occupation of South Africa and maybe the previous champion was British, which mm-hmm. obviously kind of helps inform why, you know, the inform the power structure mm-hmm. as it exists right now. Let's take a break. And when, and when we come back, I'm going to personally challenge everyone to try and work the chewing gum into <laughs> the scene. So uh, you care about certain things in your life, right, guys? Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's your car? Or a boat. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe it's your car, clothes. Maybe your career. What about the other C words in your life? Mm. Me, Chris. We care about you, Chris, but uh, but what about coffee? I don't drink coffee. Well, maybe you should, actually, because if you cared, you wouldn't pay for crazy prices for mass-produced coffee, or you could actually give a damn, Chris, and grind and brew some Abercadabra coffee. That's right. Abercadabra single-origin coffee is grown by farmers who give a damn and roasted in the mountains of southern Vermont by people who give a damn. So give a damn, damn it, Chris. And get yourself some today by visiting abracadabracoffee.com. Yes, friends, that's abracadabracoffee.com. And tell them the Story Machine 9000 sent you. And welcome back, everyone. Uh, So last we left, uh, we are in a world tied of economic superiority is not dictated by wars, but by this underground kung fu tournament, which happens every 100 years. And... This particular year, it is taking place in Botswana. Which is dictated by the spot in which the eclipse is at its fullest. Correct. The setting, or in this case the time period, is British colonialism. So our last champion was a British kung fu master, who should really have a name. (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) Um, Chauncey. (laughs) Oliver. Sean, um, Charlie, George, Oscar, Thomas. These are all Oscars. Not bad. Yeah. Oscar's good. He's got a really bad temperament. Yeah. Oscar. One would say he's a grouch. <laughs> so Oscar Thomas. I like Oscar Thomas. Yeah. I like. I love the two first name names. Yeah. Those are the best. Apparently, that's all they have there. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Oscar Thomas. Mm-hmm. Oscar okay. Thomas. You know, some say that Oscar Thomas is bred never falls butter side down it falls butter side up always you know some say that oscar thomas uh you know in insert uh, chuck, chuck norris joke. chuck norris joke. Yeah. Right. Ah, gotcha yeah he doesn't Shit, swim water just wants to be around him <laughs> <laughs> yeah and that's what and that's what this guy constantly hears yeah. in like his village like you're gonna go into that tournament well don't you know about oscar thomas yeah well he well obviously. it can't be oscar thomas fighting he'd be a hundred and yeah ten i was trying years to think that right like he'd be 200 years old he doesn't age he doesn't age for 100 years so well, when according the, to my D&D lore, but it doesn't have to be that way. <laughs> so when you win the tournament, you, you become age. immortal like you until you get like outed from the tournament? Pretty much. Well, that or like, can you not enter again? Like, I feel like it's a one-time deal. 
I think uh, you'd, I you'd have to name his successor, maybe. I don't know. What do you think? Like the British could win again, but I feel like he can't fight because he has the or, power. Or Oscar Thomas could train somebody. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so he, has, he has to name his successor right. and train them. and Basically, when you win, you st- you you get an apprentice and start. you have 100 years to train him to try to win like, the next tournament. Yeah. But I, but I want to get into the supernatural where maybe the British have, have, have engineered something to give Oscar Thomas unnaturally long life. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm fine with him living they clone like, him. longer. Like, I feel like or maybe they it. clone him, yeah, or something, you know, like British imperialists. <laughs> I do like the idea that when you have the power, you don't, like, you don't age maybe, but you can't enter again. Right. Like, it's, that's yeah. forbidden. Right. right. I'm going to open up these, these. That way he's okay. not just like some old man. You can still have him as like a character in the show. He yeah. can do something cool or whatever. So Oscar Thomas, previous uh, uh, world champion of this the, the tournament should have a name sorry I keep I keep stopping to name stuff but just no just to mean, have, it needs it it does need it yeah something to do with the solar eclipse some kind of mega kumite yes like yeah how they name storms <laughs> sorry what you know those kind of, like, like <laughs> I want to tsunami like something like that so I want to go back to the the idea that the, the the eclipse was like the baby's eyes closing. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. And so is it the, is it like the tournament of lullabies or like, <laughs> yeah, or you're waking a baby, right? So it's like, is it just something called like awaken the baby? Like, I don't want to name the movie, but <laughs> what wakes a baby, a mother's kiss. What wakes a baby? Honestly, anything. <laughs> For those listeners at home, yeah. Josh just had a baby. Yeah. I like, well, I like the idea, like the, the awakener. Is that like, the awakening. The awakening. Called, yeah. The tournament could be called the, the awakening. awakening. Yeah, okay. I like it. I like that. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Earlier, uh, Kumite was the the tournament in Bloodsport. Mega Kumite was uh, <laughs> <laughs> was uh, my first shot in the dark. Oscar Thomas, previous champion of the awakening. So uh, I just want to go. So is his title the Awakener? Like right. Sure. So like he wins the awakening. The Grand Awakener. Grand or the Awakener. The wake. The awakened. Maybe. The awakened. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna pull a Josh here, right? So he's waking the, the, the wakey, baby. The wakey, wakey, eggs and bacon. So he's waking the baby, but like I could, I mean, it's, I'm fine with him being the awakened as well. Like, so now he has the powers. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's just okay. what you're called after you've woken him up. You're yep. the awakened, and you have the immortal powers until someone else gets it. Okay, got it. Perfect. Okay, so uh, the awakened, formerly Oscar Thomas of uh, the British Empire. Uh, was the champion of the last uh, awakening, the Kung Fu tournament, which ultimately dictates uh, global superiority. And in this case, the tournament takes place in Botswana, the location of the solar eclipse. Our main character, Tail, who uh, who hails from Botswana, catches wind that the awakening is going to take place in his neck of the woods. Let's play that out. Like, how does that happen? But by virtue of being a secret society and him having some sort of uh, historical ties to this tournament, I would assume that he is delivered a scroll by way of a bat. Like it drops it off, like in the cave. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's <laughs> unexpected, certainly. You know, uh, maybe he's down there, you know, uh, chopping with his good hand. And he kind of busts through an area and there's all these bats and maybe it's not like hand delivered. Right. But like he's like mining and they kind of swoop in and he gets like startled. And then when he comes to, there's like a note. So it's obvious that the bats just kind of dropped it off as they kind of flew through. Yeah, it's it's the it's maybe the same etching that we saw in stone in the very, very beginning on a wall inside of this cave that he busted into. So now he's privy. He's 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 able to see the existence of this thing. 
so we just described the um, Hogwarts owls. Is that I was going to say it's it's the equivalent of getting your letter from Hogwarts okay. because I was going to say each one of these champions they get coincidental sign or uh, or something and so you know there's a kind of a in addition to tail getting his that you know we sort of jump across the globe and each right. champion is you know one person's uh, you know in New York and he's getting his his. Uh, his vision or his uh, sign from a bowl of Cheerios or something like that. Right. Uh, somehow you just you show it in a way where you realize that it wherever it happens, this this supernatural phenomenon naturally picks a person from the area where it's in. Hmm. And then so it's you see him having no training and then like you're saying, we go around and we see all these other people who are like training with their mentors and you can do a bunch of cool scenes of, you know, mentor master you know uh, skirmishes and stuff right but he has to source it completely on his own right right <clears throat> um just because so botswana is the country and uh mu kane is the apparently lowest ranking city in the country so okay got it <laughs> i love it that's awesome rhymes with Lu kane yeah one of the best <laughs> literally so mu and then k-a-n-e mu kane mu kane that's all awesome. tales tale from mu all right. Okay, so... Mookane's tail. Mookane's tail. <laughs> Mookane's tail? Yeah. That oh, works. Wow, man. We, <laughs> yeah. We've got <laughs> options like for yeah. the first time with names. And just a reminder, we do need to work this prop in there. In the jungles, there's a lot of rubber tree plants. Yeah. And, and, per, and perhaps... Uh, what what the hell is gum made of, anyway? I, Email machine well, 9000. What's gum made from? It's horse hooves or something, isn't it? Is it really? Or no, that's Jello. I think that's I'm Jello. thinking of Jello. <laughs> yeah, that's Jello. That's agar. Up until World War II, chewing gum was made of a substance called chicle, made with flavorings. Chicle is a latex sap that comes from. Yes. Thus, chiclets. Uh, yeah. sort of chiclets are English. Maybe uh, Mr. Thomas chews them while you know he's like. Mm doing his speeches to start the tournament off he's always got like a well it's kind of an american thing to have like a mouthful of gum while you're doing something important so in other words chickle is a form of rubber just like rubber bands don't dissolve when you chew them neither does chickle okay <laughs> <laughs> that so was how stuff works so that was how it used to be so probably in this time it would be chickle mm -hmm. does maybe the american contestant like is he always chewing gum and maybe uses it in some of his moves or something the the british one well, there'd be an American. Oh, that's true. There'd be an yeah. American too, wouldn't there? There would. Uh, I guess it depends. It depends yeah. when. Well, everyone yeah. in, in, in imperialism. Um, so does this guy ever get a trainer? Like, does he go and like seek out some? Oh, he definitely should. Because like, yeah. does the trainer give him like his piece of gun that he's been chewing for like <laughs> since the last time he was the one that entered oh the competition gosh. before and he's like holds this the old power. frail? Yeah, and, like it holds. Oh, it's so disgusting. Uh, that would so be so. Disgusting. That would be so funny though. It would. Well, be. And, and maybe so, it's like stored somewhere too. He's not chewing it, but it's like he goes and like pulls it out, and it's just this used piece of gum that and and so I, I think it's it's worth mentioning or or making a decision now. You know what's the tone of this flick, right? Are we are we being pretty sort of uh, stone faced about it, or you know are, we, are are there opportunities to kind of get goofy? Because I like the idea that there's this sort of magic piece of gum, whether it's 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 actually magic or not. You know, sort of passed down from generation to generation. I, I want to be as serious as Mortal Kombat the movie. Right, like, oh, like so. it's, it's it's got some <laughs> undertones of like comedy, like kind of a dark comedy feel to it, but but we'll have the fight scenes be like real choreographed like really yeah. nice really, really so, cool kung fu so like a Jackie Chan movie where it's yeah, like kind of fun fairly and playful. comical yeah. playful but like okay. you know 
there's real the tournament is going to be some serious like kung fu enthusiasts will be like yeah this is cool tail receives his uh receives this sign that the uh well shoot is the sign does the sign determine where it's going to be or does it determine the champion I mean, maybe the sign is a note telling him, hey, you need to go seek this guy out in the jungle. And that's how the training montage kind of gets started. It's also like, so what you're saying, like the the eclipse is where it's going to be. Right. But maybe there's something with the ring around it that like, does his hand (laughs) glow? I forgot that he was lifting a hand. His <laughs> does something? Does, some, does, he like a, does he have a tattoo or something that like all of a sudden like starts burning and like? Or maybe he can see like a translucent hand. Like oh. he kind of has a hand again, but phantom, it's like a phantom, phantom hand. Yeah, yeah, kind yeah. Of thing. the phantom hand style. Oh. So that would be really cool. It would be because it sucks oh, people it materializes. out. It sucks oh. people out because he doesn't have a. He's right. got this stump, but you he can actually he, still punch people right. with it. Exactly. Oh my God. <laughs> all right, now I'm into it. Now I'm into it to see this movie. <laughs> Also another name, Phantom Hand. Yeah. Right. Never have we had so many options for titles. <laughs> Tail receives this sign that he is uh the, the chosen one mm-hmm. uh in this uh in this particular tournament and by virtue of not having a master, he needs to go find one. Does it tell him specifically like this is the master, you have to go find this person or yes. something like that? I would I would err on that side because I don't think it tells him that he's the one. It just brings to light the existence of this thing and if you are to do it here's the guy and maybe he gets just the okay. first glimpse of his phantom hand you know yeah just he a, just, just, a he just really feels quick, this yeah this the, you know he like looks down and and maybe you know a, a couple of the gleams of the diamonds that are behind him like right. coalesce into this this shaft of light that kind of like illuminates his hand in a funny way and you're like what right and he's like he's kind of having the same experience right. that the that the, the, the viewers are is like, right Whoa, like, what's, what's going, going on, on with that yeah you know I kind of like the the fact that so yes, he eventually does realize that his missing hand does exist in some sort of phantom state, but maybe that's something that his master teaches Will him. teach him. Right. Right. So it's a little bit of illusion for what's to come. Exactly. Yeah. And so, and, and ultimately we find out that's why he's chosen is because he's one of the I guess the few people in this particular village who well, does the lineage of uh, his, his family. Yeah, his family. It's, it's his family right, yeah. lineage. Yeah. yeah. Um, Used to be great warriors. Maybe even used to, let's just make up a little history here, used to, you know, rule this tournament like they were champions. Botswana used to be in this alternative universe like a great superpower or something like that. But, oh, the Brits fucked that all up. (laughs) So so this this sign tells him to seek out this particular uh, master. So, again, revisiting our sort of classic uh, arc or wheel, it's sort of the call to action, and then we have a sort of uh, a mentor figure. So who who does he seek out? Yeah, is it, is it like an old, is it the classic old guy, or is it, could be like an animal? Or a witch? Yeah, like a crazy, crazy cave witch somewhere or something. Animal, animal. I've never thought of an animal. Oh man! I mean, just just like in terms splinter character type. Deal. <laughs> so if if we're going kind of silly, just yeah. in terms of the the sort of dynamic between characters. I mean, it's, what if it's just a really if it was just a kid, you know? So he's it's a kid that's like ten years his junior. Oh yeah, and he and doesn't he, even respect him, and he's got to take orders from a. That's fun. I don't I like know. that. I no, mean, no, no. I like that. That hasn't been done. And that kind of makes the gum make sense because the little kid's like always chewing uh, on this gum. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah. He can like, eventually he's like, here, take this gum. This is like Actually, a key. He's know? just really he's big like, in, Instead of about? take this gum, can like the, the hero be falling? He spits it right in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and the first bite, like all his power goes through. Like, what? Right. <laughs> 
he kind of like he does it at the end he reveals at the end like how this is how I've been beating you through all these clips we've been showing oh yeah right in his there's, a, there's a plant that only grows in Botswana that provides this gum that we that we chew right you know, and like, that's why we have the power the source of power it's okay. like the spice of Botswana. Yeah. At the end of the film, do we want his his power to come from something that can, I mean, arguably be, you know, taken by anyone, or is it, you know, just that could be the crux of it because maybe the Brits get word later on in the story that he's chewing this certain thing because they have imperialistic power over it. They can source it as well. Everyone just tries to make out with him and steal the gum. Well, they. <laughs> Well, they can they can start Next manufacturing. Year everyone it. has all the everyone's chewing gum. I was gonna say everyone has the gum. Like later on in the tournament, or or at least like uh, Oliver's predecessor has the gum. And so, at first he starts off like kicking ass through the tournament, but then eventually word gets out that he has this gum. Maybe the Brits are like, "What makes this guy so powerful?" Uh, insert British accent, and they find out. It's where the because uh, the our hero tail beat. Right, because we had a competition in Botswana, and he beat out like the, the the leaders of it, and so the leaders told the British people because they're probably better ties like, with what's them. What's up with this guy? Yeah, they yeah. told him how he has his power, and so now. So for the last hundred years, they've been stockpiling this gum to try to win the tournament the next time, and that could be that could be a, a an end battle thing where this guy's been crutching on using this gum that they've been exploiting from Botswana for so long that it falls out of his mouth during the battle, and he like you know loses some of his power. But the power's been in you all along. <laughs> What happens if you swallow the gum? Oh, don't swallow it. No. Well, that's the dead. thing. Maybe the, the kid tells him that. Never swallow the gum. Can this mm-hmm. just be a big like uh, PR thing about not <laughs> swallowing your gum? It's a, it's a whole... It's a whole anti-doping <laughs> thing. <laughs> Brought to you by the Olympics. Maybe that's a question that uh, Tail poses to his master. What happens if you swallow the gum? No one's ever no one's swallowed. Ever right, yeah. yeah. It's just like this mysterious, like, yeah. don't, don't go too there. too powerful, I mean... Who knows? No one's ever risked it. Yeah. Or so. is that or is that what he does at the end? Like, does he swallow the gum? Right. Because he's about to get beat and he swallows it to see what happens. So. That's, I like that. Yeah. I, I mean, there's a whole bunch of pre saying, don't do it, don't do it. And then he's like about to lose and he's like, screw it. I'm just going to swallow yeah. it. And he becomes like super saying all powerful. Yeah. yeah. I so, want a really trippy sequence a la Doctor Strange where he's mm-hmm. just like tripping through time. Mm-hmm. So when he meets his, uh, you know, let's call him like his 11-year-old master. Pee-wee. Who has the gum? The kid. The kid. Okay, the kid, has the kid has the gum. The kid has the gum. Yeah. Okay, okay. And so then how does the British team find out about the gum? They've already found out. The audience will figure this out because there's going to be all this gum stuff in this montage. And then when you see the British guy, he's chewing the gum. You'd be like, oh, I see what's been going on here. You know, they've been exploiting the gum from Botswana. Yeah. To build off that, like I almost imagined like a like an early tournament where he bests somebody in like a market square. And everyone's like, you're amazing. And somebody like slaps him on the back. Way to go. And they hit him. Kathwap. And he's like, Pugh. And he like spits out the gum and he's like, yeah, whatever. Hey, I'm the greatest. <laughs> and like some British like, you know, low to the ground shot, like picks up the gum. It follows him all the way up his leg, all the way up his hip, all the way up to his face. And he's like, hmm, right. I will figure this out. <laughs> so so, so just to be clear, the um, Pee Wee, uh, the young master, does not understand the power of the gum? No, he just okay. knows that it works. Okay. So, But the idea is there's a bunch of gum. Yeah, I mean, it's a plant. It's a certain plant that grows only in Botswana. I don't think okay. there's a bunch of it. It's there's enough that the English found out about it and could export it, but I don't think it's like it's got to be somewhat yeah. rare that you couldn't have like yeah. enough okay. to feed the whole world with it or anything. Maybe it's just right. one tree. It's one rubber tree that produces this. Yeah, and 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 for those kung fu masters who are from Botswana, it's like 
you are very careful with it. You clip it a certain way. Right. Like you're very good to it. You're a good bastion of the earth. And the Brits just fucking hack Co- it up. Fern Gully come in with yeah. a big like <sighs> grinder and just suck it into a thing also like known a as Avatar. I know. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> All right. We're, we're going to get there eventually. So Tail, uh, Tail finds his new master, uh, the eleven-year-old Peewee, unbeknownst to him, gained supernatural kung fu powers by way of this gum that only comes from this one tree in his village, and. The because the British are the global superpower, they have uh, insider info or intel that this is a magic uh, gum, performance enhancing gum. It is, and uh, we should probably spend twenty minutes talking about the science behind how it actually yeah. works. <laughs> well, <laughs> strap in, kids. Yeah, right. <laughs> Earlier in the movie, you've already seen this flashback of the gum being found. The flashback was from the last tournament where the English found out about this gum and they've been they've been using it and oh. developing it for the last hundred years and now that's why oh. that they're using it and that's and we've already disclosed some of that information kind of throughout the movie with some flashback type stuff. Does it take any of the uh, I don't want to say holiness but like sanctuary of the gum away to know that like while well, like, like he got passed to him and it was this big holy thing but like the British have had it for years. Well, but it, it's they maybe don't even know that. You know what I mean? Like that's something the like audience the was previewed to, but no one else know. really understands that. So, okay, and and I like like that could be the whole. The he swallows the gum, and the guy is fighting doesn't, and that's kind of what gives him the upper hand, like right at the end. Yeah, like there's this reveal that the audience gets that our hero doesn't that. There's a lab just full of this plant mm-hmm. that the British have, like monkeys being tested on it and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is whole this whole warehouse. Mm-hmm. So maybe the British people aren't actually chewing it, but they it's in their tea. Um, maybe <laughs> they drink it like in their tea. tea it's like a lower yeah. it's a lower dose, right? And so actually swallowing the gum like gives him the advantage because he because like I was wondering like if they both had the gum, why wouldn't the British guy just swallow it too? Because in the end, you want to. Right, they don't chew gum. They 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 have a tea. They make yeah. it into a tea extract or there something. There we go. Maybe we realize that somehow. Like maybe he takes tea breaks between his fights or something. Right. You keep seeing like the the, the trainer squirting some stuff into his tea in between matches. Yeah, it's and just stuff like, like nuclear orange color right. or something like that. You're like, hey, wait a second. <laughs> you yeah. Okay. We've got to the point where the kid gives him the gum. The yep. Um. So the, so he has the gum, and let's say maybe he has, just has to beat one more fight to like get into the Botswana like lead or he's he's the Botswana champion on the other side though you see the British guy like constantly they always show him like drinking tea and every once in a while you see the trainer shooting in the same color liquid that the gum is, the gum is so they're right. trying to associate that those are the same and he's also just like dominating everyone else and it just gets down to those two and so we get down to this fight where it's the British versus the Botswana and, and right before like the Botswana guy loses he swallows the gum and like some weird like body function like adrenaline pumping inside I imagine organs going haywire and his and his magical hand like lights up wins or like his whole his whole body gets like a glowing silhouette of like the that looks just like his hand looked and it and it, and it outlines him and, and traces out his hand as if it was there also maybe the Brit scores a critical like gut hit or something like that that makes him go Bleh. 
and swallow the gum, you know? I, well, like it's like an involuntary thing. I could thing. see him hitting it out, but I feel like it needs to be his choice to swallow it because we okay. built it up so much. Yeah, we built it up. No, that's, no, that's it. true. Yeah, yeah. So maybe it's a moment when he's down. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, okay. I think it's like a, it's like one of those things where you think like, oh, this is going to be one of those movies where the bad guy actually loses or the good guy loses and then he swallows the gum. Yeah, you got like of, a flashback, right? Where it's like, don't swallow the gum. Right, and right. Like, he just does he's it. Just, whatever, I got nothing to lose. And like the, around him, like the, 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 the dust like comes off with his body, like shit. <laughs> spurts out like right. an anime and then he just gets up and he does the quick kung fu get up yeah. you know when yeah. you're on your back yeah and he's just got and, and he does it with his extra glowy hand mm-hmm. I love the idea that it's like almost like an aura surrounding his entire body that includes his hand that isn't there that's that's a really cool thing after he swallows the gum right? after he swallows the gum that's the illusion that the diamonds gave him early on that it was there all along right and then he does like a Street Fighter 2 like net, like perfect match just kicks the crap out of the guy once yes. once that happens perfect so as we've been getting to the end here there's two things going on simultaneously throughout the whole time there's the building the backstory and showing him doing the training and then there's like the tournament and it could be happening like side by side so you're not just like seeing all this and waiting for this tournament and then watching a tournament for 30 minutes it's kind of like you're getting pieces of each story as it kind of builds towards the final battle um just to double check because i'm pretty sure i'm following but like is is it like flashbacks sort of like is or like is he like after each fight are we kind of showing how he got there is yeah. that what you meant or yeah maybe like okay. like this the, the there's enough story to like introduce one character and then there's like a fight and or you know just kind of jumps back yeah. and forth or something and i imagine the other side was we're following the british guy maybe his mm-hmm. sort of ascent or as well Getting, like some of the the tea foreshadowing and stuff like so that we don't have to work all of that information kind of at the end you're kind yeah. of getting some before you really understand what it is you're kind of seeing it now to be clear the new british champion is not it's his son, Oscar Thomas. Or it's <laughs> Oscar his, his Thomas the second. Three. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's still Oscar Thomas. It's Oscar Thomas the third. Okay. I mean, I feel like he's been introduced because you've been seeing all of these scenes. So you've, mm-hmm. you, you, you've been seeing this interaction between the two. Yeah. So you haven't really known the name, but you know he's the bad guy, you know? Okay. And Oscar Thomas is like maybe the one that's putting the gum juice into the tea. Oh, for sure, yeah, yeah. And his own, he's always he's juicing his own tea as well. The gum is the easy answer, but not the ultimate answer. And the ultimate answer being like, you know, maybe we, we recall back in the forest that there was always this sense that the kid is like, imagine that your arm is there and do all the moves like your arm is there. And he's like, I can't. No, keep pushing through it. And we get to this point where he's doing all the moves like it was already there. So when he takes the gum... He's like while the fight is going on, we do this kind of cutscene where we imagine him also like going back to those old training days, and he's doing cartwheels where his hand is always there, but it's not. And you see him do the same move in the fight and kick the guy in the face and all that sort of stuff. Um, it could be this this like cool setup for when the gum isn't there, and we realize that maybe, just maybe, he's had the power all along. That just kind of the only thing that kills the idea that like the British are using it. The gum is like the the booster, but what is on top of that is like this sort of like. So maybe maybe the gum definitely influences strength, but mm-hmm. it doesn't really necessarily do anything for your will. Uh, Oscar Thomas the Third and Tail are both kind of working their way up on opposite ends of the bracket mm-hmm. and eventually it all comes to a head and let's talk about that final battle. Let's okay. do it. Okay. It's in some like ancient 
jungle temple exactly yeah at the top of a the top is like flat and there's like a big cement perhaps basically the weather's stormy that day and it's dark because it is a solar eclipse. So, yes. like, basically, this whole movie—it's like a Blade Runner style. It's dark yeah, it's the whole dark movie because the there time. is no sunlight, right? Okay. Other than like in the flashbacks, almost and completely torchlit. So, so we've we've kind of got this atmosphere, and Tail is on one end of the the fighting platform, and Oscar Thomas the Third is on the other. Everyone's like, who, 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 who? I don't know what it is. There's 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 war drums. There's all the shits. So, again, just to kind of set a little bit more context at the risk of going over, uh, where is where is Pee Wee? I don't even think he's involved at all. No, No, he's gone. Okay. Maybe Pee Wee has been kidnapped by the. Hold on. on. (laughs) We don't don't need another thing. No, no, no. 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 Can we just go with. I was going to say that. I'm (laughs) sorry. I'm sorry. Wow. The last thing we need is more stuff. (laughs) All right. (laughs) I I digress. What would you like to do, Justin? Can Pee Wee be the baby incarnated onto the earth and he wanted Tail to win? So he's the sleeping baby. He's the sleeping baby and he chose his champion. Okay. I kind of like that. I feel like that's the first. Tenant of unprov uh, <laughs> is to, to take what your partner just said and uh, go. <laughs> Maybe in the beginning I would have been fine to listen, but <laughs> I, I kind of regret bringing up Pee Wee. I, I was hoping that someone would be like, "Oh yeah, Pee Wee died," which is like more sort of motivation for. <laughs> I like, don't know. <laughs> Pee Wee got hit by a bus or something. I don't care. Um, <laughs> I mean, Pee Wee could have just like. You know, he you see you see the guy wake up and Pee Wee's just gone. Like, didn't say anything. No goodbye. Like your training's over. Like you just he just disappears and you don't really hear from Pee Wee again. Maybe until the end when he's actually. I do like the idea that he is actually the sleeping baby and kind of chose him because he's like the righteous champion or whatever. Yeah, we'll have to find a way to sort of communicate that to the audience. On one end of the arena, you have Tail, and on the other, you have Oscar Thomas the Third. Uh, who has, and the audience is hip to this, has just drank an enormous amount of tea, which is laced with this uh, um, magical gum property extract. Let's just call it, for lack of a better Um, term. Meanwhile, uh, Tail is, you know, he's he's munching on the gum, kind of old school, uh, like his uh, master showed him. And um, they engage in an epic battle, which wouldn't really make for good radio. The, the typical story arc of a battle in a kung yeah. fu movie that goes Chore- back and forth and yeah really good choreography and it's stuff. out of control it's award-winning and no like no special effects choreography like real kung fu moves yeah. like real real gritty stuff wide yeah. shots just let it go yeah yep. like yep. a 72 move like mm-hmm. thing all in one cut our kung fu movie has the best fight scenes right. of ever. anyone ever that's huge everyone, fight scenes. Everyone agrees. <laughs> <laughs> my friends tell me my kung fu movie has the best fight scenes. There's the sort of climax of the fight scene in which does Tail actually swallow the gum, knowing that his master told him not to because no one's ever done it. Mm-hmm. I think. I yeah. think. Yeah. And by and by way of swallowing the gum, that's when he finds the sort of true power of this particular substance and he becomes sort of transcendent and you know is right. starts glowing and mm-hmm. this sort of that sort of thing and then does the final ass whoop move as yeah. he does you know, he just uppercuts him with his phantom fist, fist. yeah mm-hmm. okay so he so he uppercuts uh, uh oscar thomas the third with his phantom fist and uh 
I mean, does he kill him? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think that was... He just knocks his I thought, head clean off. It, the whole tournament had been a fight to the death all the way through. That's what we agreed on. Okay. So it would have to kill him. Okay. This yeah. is rated R, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm down with an R rating. I know I will probably take a hit in the box office, but... Well, I guess if there's no blood, you know, if Kung Fu, they die, but there's no, like, gory blood, then it could be PG-13. So Oscar Thomas the Third is no more. Uh, Tail is the official champion of the Awakening uh, Kung Fu tournament. Where is Oscar Thomas the First in this scenario? I would see him as like the high master because he's in charge. So yeah, he's like sitting on like the throne overseeing the the tournament happen or something. And so what is his fate now that they are no longer in control and Botswana is now the global superpower? Well, and he would lose his, immor his immortality, right? So does he go back? Does he turn into his age and all of a sudden oh, yeah, be all turns old and wither? He just dies. Oh, yeah. He's an 80s slow like, clap yeah, and turns yeah. into dust. Right. <laughs> As he's slow clapping, yeah. like it's slowly so, like dusting away. So he's, yeah. he slow claps and he just hyper ages. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then you see the sun, obviously. The eclipse yep. ends. You saw you, there's, a, there's a very dramatic like eclipse ending shot. Right. And then we follow it all up with the way the rest of the world sees it next day somehow the new global superpower is botswana check right. it out botswana's botswana's the place to be it's huge it's it's up and coming it's and it could almost be like uh the credits are rolling and there's like a little like news clips like different news clips mm -hmm. of things happening in the world that are kind of showing the aftermath of right. this swing in the power or whatever in the spirit of a kung fu movie i'm too i'm totally cool with like Pee-wee just kind of astral projecting, right? Uh, yeah. You know, and congr personally congratulating uh, Tail on his victory, and maybe it's not super explicit, but at the audience sort of understands that he is the sleeping baby because he just won the tournament. Right. The baby is now awake. Right. Maybe maybe uh, Pee-wee has like an eye patch. I thought you were gonna say an iPad. <laughs> no, like an iPad. And so, like now, as like the movie's ending, he like maybe he explains quickly. Like that's like uh, that. That's my eye. Uh, I don't know. Maybe Pee Wee always had an iPad. Yeah, and now he doesn't. Like, now, <laughs> now he doesn't. Now he's he like, doesn't. Yeah, yeah. That way, that way, the audience knows that he's not just going through a pirate phase. <laughs> right. But yeah, I mean, that, I think that's and and he could maybe say like as he's disappearing, he could say the line of like, "Remember, the baby is sleeping." Like as it as it like fades mm -hmm. out. So Pee-wee reveals that Diamond in the solar eclipse actually revealed his actual all-seeing eye and that Tail was always the the vision in which he had always dreamed to come true or something like that. And uh, roll credits. And, and fade, fade to, to black. black. Okay, cool. Thank you, guests, so, for participating. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, and I... I, I, I Mid mid sentence, I was like, shit, we, should we explain this thing? <laughs> All right, so yes, we need a title, and I feel like if... Unlike most episodes, one, this has been the longest one, but uh, by that same token, the title almost writes itself. It does. <laughs> so, it really does. Um, what was the village called again? Uh, Moon Cane. Moon Cane, sorry. I, I almost like Moo Cane's yeah. tail, because it's got a double meaning, in which case, you know, tail who hails from Moo Cane. Right. And it's very kung fu sounding. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, um,. Colon, I have a strong yes for Moo Kane's tail. Okay, and then is it, just, is it just Awaken the Baby? I mean, yeah, the, the, the subtitle could be, I mean, I'm, I'm not married to the subtitle at all. all right. It could be... And the Phantom Fist. 
it could be the Phantom Fist. It could be I mean, Kane's Tale: Colin, The Awakening. Yeah, there you yeah, go. Yeah. yeah, The Awakening. Love it. If you have any ideas on what Oliver Thomas III's fighting style is called, please please email them to storymachine9000 at gmail.com. Or tweet us at storymachine9k or using the hashtag sm9k. Or write your answer on a potato, put some <laughs> uh, stamps on it, and mail it to us. Walk out your front door and hand it to your mail person, and they'll know exactly what to do with it. Our logo design was by David Paget. Our music by Dave Ailing. This episode was edited by Dave Ailing. And additional support by Justin Teal. And a special thank you to our guest, Nathan, of the Toledo Matters Podcast and Wayflow Media. Pleasure to be on the show. That's it for the podcast, everyone. You can find us on Stitcher. Thanks for listening, everyone. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever else you find your podcasts. We'll see you next time.